Welcome to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way. We should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hello everybody, it's Jessica, and today you're hearing from Extraordinary Mom, that is me. (laughs) It's so much easier to call other moms extraordinary, and much less so if I just say that I am one, right? But I hope that if you're listening today, you can acknowledge the extraordinary in your own life. Yes, nobody's doing this job perfectly. Nobody is knocking it out of the park at every minute of every day, in every aspect, in every season. There are definitely areas that we all struggle with, and it's different for everyone, and that is okay. That makes us extraordinary. When we're willing to show up anyway, keep going, do our best, learn, grow, that is extraordinary in and of itself. So I'm showing up today because I wanted to start a new series this year where the first episode of every month, I share something that's working for me in my life. And I wanted to get back to the basics. That's kind of like the theme that I wanted to address for this year in my own personal life with having a baby and just kind of paring down after the last few years. It's like, okay, I want to get really good at the basics in things. I want to develop systems that really serve me, serve my family, that work. And obviously, systems always need to be retweaked because things change, kids grow, schedules change and as that happens you have to have some flexibility but for you know a certain amount of time you can really nail down what kind of systems work for me what kind of hacks can i implement and how can that help me to be more successful and feel more productive and just fulfilled in my life and the last thing that any of us want to feel is like we're so overburdened overbooked or depleted, that we're not able to attend to the values that matter most in our lives. We don't want to be dictated by our to-do lists that are full of things that really don't add much value but need to be done, right? I was listening to a great podcast, um, Mint Arrow Messages. I don't know if you know Corinne and listen over there. That's a fantastic podcast, Mint Arrow Messages. Corinne has been on the podcast here before, and I just look up to her in so many ways. She's really inspiring and has a great business, but also is really in tune and in touch with striving to be better, to learn, to grow. And I love that about her. But she was talking about priorities. And it's funny that we use the term priorities plural because a priority means like number one, like the thing that matters the most, right? What is your number one priority? Priorities means you're going to spread yourself across a number of things that you're saying are most important. And yet when many things are important, it like diminishes the amount of, of importance for any one of those things. Does that make sense? And I just thought, oh, that's really smart. She got this idea from the book Essentialism, which is a fantastic book in a lot of ways as well, if you're looking for, for a new read. But I was thinking, you know, when we when we try and overcommit and say like, these are all the things we value. These are all of our goals for the year. These are all the things that are our priorities, plural. We just are kind of setting ourselves up to 
do a little less than in each of those areas. I don't know if I'm explaining that just perfectly, but I've really been getting that sense. And so when I've been able to hone in on what is the non-negotiable, what is my number one priority, and then does my life and my schedule and my to-do list and my actions and my thoughts and all of these things, do they all reflect that number one priority? And my number one priority is my faith and tied to that, my family. Like those are the things or the thing that is most important. And so my faith is kind of like the operating system that I always have running. It's like the most current update on a computer, right? It's the operating system. But my actual priority is my family. So if I say number one, it's my family. And if anything else in my life is contradicting and taking away from me being able to prioritize my family, something is off. So I was thinking about getting back to the basics this year. And it's like, I love when I go to like a ladies potluck or, um, you know, some type of event and somebody brings that dish that they are known for. Isn't that so cool when it's like, oh, her chocolate chip cookies or her salad. I was at a beach house with my friends um, from Camarillo where I used to live um, a few weeks ago and it was such a treat. We try and do that once a year and it's just the best weekend ever. It's just so fulfilling to me. But one of my friends, Heidi, is like a master salad maker. And salads to me are so delicious when done properly. And whenever I make a salad, it is like not. (laughs) But she had made her own dressing and she had the right ingredients. And she put in this wild rice and this, oh, it was just so good. And she chopped it so small, like all these things. She is the salad maker. And so she's like known for bringing delicious salads that people actually look forward to. And so when I'm thinking about the basics, it's like, okay, I want to like have a dinner that is like a go-to dinner that is just like amazing. I want to have a laundry system that really like works well. I want to have meal planning that works really well for me. And so this year, the first episode of every month, getting back to the purpose of this episode, (laughs) I am going to share what's working for me right now in this season of my life, a few tips and tricks, hacks that have been working in all these different areas of my life. So in cleaning, in scheduling, in uh, homework, in, and today we're going to do meal planning and cooking and Eating together as a family is really important to us. And in busy seasons of life, we're often gone, you know, during meal times at night because of soccer practices and we're on the go. And I do not want that to be the reason that we don't get to connect as a family over a meal. And I don't want that to be the reason that we automatically do a drive through because I didn't plan well. And so I have really, this last month especially, tried to think through what are the things that can help me to be successful in my meal planning. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I have a couple tips and tricks for you. I'll kind of explain our circumstances and then hopefully you can implement some of these in your own life. You know, not everything is going to work for everyone, but even if you can have one takeaway that just helps you to kind of step up your game in this area, I hope this can be helpful to you. But in the very least, it's helped me to kind of process through. And maybe you can do this too. Like, What is my current meal planning system? How am I doing? Is it a pain point or is it really working well? And if it's working well, what am I doing that's making it work well? Because maybe those are some principles you can apply to other areas of your life that aren't working as well. 
But these are some things for me that are working really well. Another thing is budgeting and money, and we're going to talk about that too. I just finished a self-reliance class on um, financial literacy, and um, it was really eye-opening in a lot of ways. And so wanting to save money, and especially as my kids are getting older and we're eating more, the bills are piling up with food, right? And so these are some tips that I want to share with you that are working right now. So I love saving money. I love using what I have. I love using up ingredients. I do not like waste. I don't like the idea of like a sunk cost. Like my husband always says, like, if you've already paid for it, like you don't have to, you know, finish the whole meal. It's like you've already paid for it. It's done. So don't feel like you have to like eat yourself sick at a restaurant just because you paid for it. Um, You know, things like that. But I have a harder time with that. It's like if I paid for it, if I purchased the thing, I want to get the most use out of it. And so my first tip for meal planning is before you even think, hmm, what sounds good for dinner this week? Shop your pantry. Now, Jordan Page, who's awesome, fun, cheaper, free online, if you want to follow her or don't already, she has this idea of shelf cooking. And so this is very, very similar. So it's the idea where you do not have to go to the grocery store to buy your entire meal plan because chances are you have a lot of these ingredients already in your pantry, A, and a lot of the times we go and buy something and we already had that in our pantry. We just didn't know it. And there's nothing worse than buying a new sack of flour and coming home and realizing, I already had a sack of flour, and then trying to find more space to store it. I do not have a big pantry at all or a lot of extra cabinet space. And so having a lot of extras on hand does not work for me. And (laughs) I just kind of shoot myself in the foot when I don't check ahead of time. So the way that I like to approach it personally is I like to go through my pantry, my fridge, my freezer. And I usually start with my freezer because that's where my frozen proteins are, my frozen meats and things. Um, And I like to see what I already have on hand that I can use up. And then I go into the pantry to see how I can support that in the form of some type of recipe. So for example, when I buy extra meat or I know I'm not going to use it, I freeze it. And meat freezes, great. I freeze meat both when it's raw and when it is cooked. So if I'm doing a big batch of ground beef and I know I want to use half for tacos, I will, sometimes I'll even season the whole thing if I know I want to use that seasoned meat again for the same purpose. But a lot of times I don't. A lot of times I just make a huge thing of ground beef and then I set aside and cool half of the ground beef and then I put it in a Ziploc bag making sure to label it because we always think we're going to remember what's in that Ziploc bag. And then when it's all frozen and congealed and starts to change a little color (laughs) a little bit, it's like, what was this again? Was this pork? Was this barbecue? Was this teriyaki? We have no idea. And you think you'll remember. And with my mom brain and my 38-year-old mind, like, not happening. Like, I can't remember anything. So label it with a Sharpie immediately. And it works out better if you write on the Ziploc before you actually put the meat in because if it gets wet at all, obviously the pen doesn't work as well. And so you can freeze already cooked meat in that way. I love freezing rotisserie chicken. So that's another thing. I'll buy two rotisserie chickens at Costco when I'm there. And I'll, you know, shred both 
carcasses. That's so disgusting. I'm really sorry for saying that word, but I'll, I'll get as much meat off the bone as I can. And then I'll divvy them up in different Ziploc baggies, writing rotisserie chicken and the date on there. And so that's another easy thing to keep because that freezes really well and thaws really well. Um, and if I'm not sure and I'm not cooking the like ground beef, let's say right away, I will divvy it up in different Ziploc baggies and write raw or fresh ground beef or cooked ground beef or taco seasoned ground beef, whatever it is. And I'll, and I'll put those in the different, um, Ziploc baggies. So let's see. So I have ground beef. Those are the different ways I use that. Um, rotisserie chicken. That's great to put in the freezer. I might pull out that later. With uh, chicken, with like chicken breasts and things like that, I like to cut it up in different ways. So if I'm at the store, um, I guess I'm not going in perfect order, but as long as I'm, I'm just picturing the freezer right now and the different options I'm going to end up having in the freezer. So if I buy a bunch of chicken breasts and they're on sale, it's like perfect. I want to stock up. It's $2.99 a pound. Great. So and I live in California. So if that price sounds crazy to you, maybe it's because you live somewhere else because California is nutso. So I come home with the chicken breasts and then I think, okay, there's going to be some where I want whole chicken breasts. I look at the chicken breasts to make sure, cut off any fat or any of the, you know, white, whatever, tendons or whatever they are. Sorry, I'm using so much gross words. Me, you just can't talk about it without some of these words. So I put those and I say like whole chicken breasts, label that on the Ziploc, great. Then I'm like, okay, I know I'm gonna wanna do chicken Parmesan eventually and I like those cut really thin. And so I'll take a chicken breast and I'll cut it in thirds. So it's already, or I'll pound it out with, you know, a meat mallet or with a rolling pin and that makes it super thin. And then I'll put a few of those and I always try and put it, I'll either put it in a gallon bag or a quart size bag so that I have enough for a whole meal in one bag. So when I'm taking it back out, everything is there. I don't usually need to take out multiple bags of the same type of food. Um, So I'll write, you know, thinly sliced chicken breasts. Perfect. Great. Another thing would be, okay, if I know that I'm going to do chicken thighs, I love the Island Soyaki sauce from Trader Joe's. Have you ever had that? It's so, so good. And it's like all in one sauce, no brainer. And so I'll take the thighs. Like I even buy just like the frozen bags of thighs. That's totally fine. Or you can get fresh, um, boldness, skinless chicken thighs and put it in a Ziploc bag, dump in your uh, island soyaki sauce or whatever type of teriyaki marinade you want. Put that in, um, kind of zhuzh it around, seal it up, write what it is, and then put that marinated chicken in the freezer. And then you don't have that extra step on the other side when you're going to prep your meals. The other way I like to prep chicken is doing bite-sized pieces. Um, that's great for any type of sauteing or a pasta dish um, or tacos or whatever, but cut little bite-sized pieces. And I usually try and get a couple bags of those um, going at any given time. So those are in the freezer as well. So great way to pre-prep. And I hate cutting chicken. I think it's so gross. I hate like cleaning the cutting board after chicken. I think it's pretty nasty. So if I can do it all at once and knock it out, I'm really only doing it once a month or so because I tend to pre-prep all of these items. So then when I go to shop my pantry and shop my freezer, 
it's already there and it's already prepped. And I don't even have to deal with a knife and a cutting board for a lot of these recipes. Isn't that awesome? So that's what I'm gonna do. So I open up my freezer and I see, oh great, I have a bag of rotisserie chicken. What can I do with that? And then I kind of take a glance at the uh, refrigerator and I say okay I have you know some fresh spinach I have some lemons I need to use up I have and I love using stuff that's already open it's like oh I have a pesto that's already open and so I need to kind of use that up okay I'm going to do a pesto chicken spinach pasta perfect great and so then I'm using up what I already have and lo and behold I look in the pantry I already have my pasta perfect I literally need zero new items. But if I had just written, you know, pesto chicken pasta on my list, I would have gone to the store and bought more pasta. I probably would have bought more chicken fresh. I would have done all these things. And it's just so unnecessary because it's in my freezer, right? So as I'm doing this, I have a piece of paper and I have a piece of paper with a line drawn down the center. On one side of the paper, I'm writing meals that I'm going to make. And these are meals that just start with a base of ingredients that I already have in my pantry. Now, if there's ingredients that I don't have, like maybe I'm out of spinach and I need that for the spinach pasta, pesto pasta, I'm going to write spinach pesto pasta on my one side as the meal that I'm going to make. And then I kind of run through, what are the ingredients? Oh, don't have spinach. And I write spinach on the other side of the line on the other side of the paper. So that is one ingredient I need, but I have seven of the other ingredients to make that dish. That's how I know it's a home run meal for me because I'm not buying excess. I'm only buying what I need. Make sense? So then I go back into the pantry and, and it's like, okay, that's a good meal for tonight. That sounds great. And so then I go ahead and pull out the meat, put it in my, uh, on my counter. If I know I'm going to use it in the next few hours and need it to thaw more quickly, or I put it in the fridge and give it a day or two to thaw. Perfect. Awesome. So then I go back into the freezer. Okay, I have some ground beef. Perfect. It's unseasoned. Great. Okay. Hmm. Chili sounds good. Let's see if I have stuff for chili. So then I go into the pantry. Do I have the beans I need? The kidney beans, the pinto beans, the tomato sauce, the diced tomatoes. Do I have a chili packet? I have everything for chili. Fantastic. Great. And so I write down chili on the left-hand side of my paper no new ingredients end up on the right side. Oh, that's two meals. And I've only had to buy a package of spinach so far. How great is that? So then I go back into my freezer again and, and, and I'm not denoting days yet. I'm just like making a list of all the possibilities. Hey everyone. I know we're talking about meal planning and dinner specifically, but you know what's also important? Snacks, and that's why I wanna to talk to you about Crispy Green. So Crispy Green is the number one freeze-dried fruit brand in the country, and they are so incredible because it's 100% pure freeze-dried fruit, no added sugar, additives, or preservatives. The other thing I love about Crispy Green is that they come in individualized packaging. And I don't know about you, but when I am packing my kids' lunches, I want it as simple as possible. So by throwing in a packet of crispy green freeze-dried fruit, they have a wide variety so I can get exactly what each kid wants, but I don't have a whole package to open. You know what I mean? And so my personal favorite is the strawberry. So delicious. The flavor will knock your socks off. This is pure fruit and so delicious. Austin likes the mango. 
And the cool thing about freeze-dried fruit is that it's kind of a novelty, right? It kind of feels like astronaut food. And so that's what I told my kids, like this is the fruit that astronauts eat. But what they don't know is that 95% of all the nutrients are packed in of the fresh fruit, right? So almost nothing is lost. And it's kind of like a chip, but a healthy chip, right? So like I said, no sugar added. And another cool thing is there's a three year shelf life. So if you are into food storage, this is a perfect addition to your food storage. So give it a try. You can use my code TNT15 and get 15% off all of their products. I would love for you to give Krispy Green a try. And all you have to do is go to shop.crispygreen.com and use my code for 15% off. Thanks again, Krispy Green. Now let's get back to planning out the dinners. <laughs> so then I go back into the freezer. Okay, um, I have some, let's say, of the of the thinly sliced chicken breast. Okay, um, I'm gonna grill that. I'm gonna marinate it with taco seasoning and grill it, and then we're gonna make tacos. Perfect. Do I have the taco seasoning? No, I'm out of taco packets, but quick Google search. Oh, I can make my own with chili powder and a little bit of cayenne and a little bit of paprika and some garlic salt. That'll be perfect. And oh, I have some lemons still in the fridge. Perfect. And I can squeeze those on top and it'll seem super fresh and I'll grill that. Hey, do I have tortillas? So then I go look in tortillas. Nope, no tortillas, but tortillas are cheap. And so buying that is no big deal. I add that to the right side of my paper, tortillas great. And I personally love fried corn tortillas. And so it's like, do I have the oil I need? Perfect. Great. You see what I'm saying? So here we are three meals in and I only have added two things, two ingredients to my ingredient list to shop with. How good does that feel? The point of all this is that there's meals already in your home. You might think, oh, there's nothing for dinner because you haven't taken an inventory of what you have. Another way to approach this is I'll have another piece of paper. I'm a like a written list type of person versus a digital. That's just how my preference, you do you. But I'll have my list and I'll sit in front, I'll get pull a chair over, get nice and comfortable, sit in front of the freezer and, and I'll pull out all the proteins or meats or main ingredients that I have stored in the freezer. Now go all the way to the bottom of your freezer. There's meat in there that is older than the meat on top. And if you're like me and you pull you know, clothes from the top of your drawer, you're always wearing the same clothes, right? Same thing with meat, you're always pulling the newest stuff that got put in there from the freezer. And that's not how you want to operate. You want to be sure to cycle through your food so nothing gets too old. Making sure you have dates on the Ziplocs help you to know how long something has been in there, obviously. So dig to the bottom, pull out the ground beef that's on the bottom. Don't pull out the ground beef that's on the top, right? If you can avoid that. So pull out everything and I'll write down three packets of, you know, plain ground beef, one packet of chicken pieces, one packet of rotisserie chicken, one thing of chicken thighs. Great. Okay. So th that's a list of my proteins. And then from there, I don't just have to like dig, dig, dig and do one meal at a time. I can think kind of spread out. Okay. I'm going to do, you know, three meat dishes this week. I'm going to do one chicken, one beef, and maybe one casserole that has like rotisserie chicken in it or something. Okay, great. And I already have all those three things. So pull those out. And then from there you can work instead of digging back in every now and again, right? Because you kind of want to picture not just one day at a time what you want to make, but holistically, like how many times do we want to eat chicken? How many times do we want to do meatless? How many times do we want to do pasta? You know, things like that. 
So that's another way to approach it is just listing out all of your main type of ingredients. Like if I have a packet of tortellini, it's like, okay, that's going to be kind of the superstar of the dish. So I'll write down tortellini and tortellini freeze is really great. Costco has great two packs um, that make it really affordable. And so I have a great one pot, one skillet pesto chicken tortellini pasta that is out of this world delicious and it is in one pan. And so it's so easy, comes together in 20, 30 minutes and you're done. I'll link this at extraordinarymomspodcast.com. I found it years ago on Pinterest and it's been one of my greatest finds and something we make all the time. So if I have tortellini in the freezer, I write that down as one of the main things. So make sure to dig all the way to the bottom, unearth the things at the bottom and see if you can use that up. Another thing is I do freeze shredded cheese and I know it can be kind of like debatable whether it defrosts quite as well. And depending upon what you're using it in, like if you're using it mixed up in something, like I probably wouldn't, you know, put it on top of my baked potato if it had been frozen already because it, you know, feels a little bit grittier. But if I'm mixing it into something, you would never know the difference. So making sure to pull out, you know, frozen cheese underneath or whatnot, that can be, you know, really, really helpful. So look at the meals that are already there, dig to the bottom and use up those older items. You can either list out the main meats or ingredients and meal plan that way, or you can go one meal at a time. It's totally up to you how you want to list it out. But I think writing down the meals you're going to make on one half of the paper and then checking for all the ingredients you need and adding any additional ingredients to the right side of the paper is a great visual way to keep track of everything. And then you have a grocery list growing and you can see, oh, maybe I'll make, um, I don't know, chicken tetrazzini this week. But you're like, oh, I am at our three chicken. I don't have the pasta. I don't have pimentos or whatever you put in it and it's like okay well if I want to do if I'm committed to shelf cooking this week is that really something that I want to make right but then maybe next time I'm at Costco and I'm reloading um you know my supply of rotisserie chicken then once that's home then I can add that to the meal plan but sometimes you're just craving something and so it's worth it to add it to the list but if you are strapped for time and you want to save some money this is the way to do it right so common meals that I make, some of these I've already mentioned, chicken tetrazzini is great because it is a super easy casserole. My whole family likes it. You can, half my family actually doesn't like cheese, which I think is a strange, strange thing that they're related to me and they don't like cheese. But anyhow, so I put like cheese on my half and not on theirs but it's really delicious and it reheats really well. So that's great. Chili is another favorite because you can have it in a lot of different ways. And we're, this is the next thing we're going to talk about repurposing your meals. So hold, please. We're going to get to that in just a sec, but chili is a great one. Tacos, you can do beef tacos, chicken tacos, veggie tacos, fajita stuff, all those options. You can also make taquitos out of it where, you know, it's more ro a rolled up style and fried delicious. We love sausage spaghetti. Um, buying Italian sausage, like sweet Italian sausage, and mixing it with like ground turkey, it gives it such great flavor and a little bit of kick and a little bit of spice and a little bit of interest, but you're not spending a lot of time, you know, rolling meatballs or anything like that. That's absolutely delicious, but it's a great way to keep some meat in your freezer, pull it out, and easily. I literally only just brown it, like thaw it, 
brown it and then throw it into the pasta sauce. That is it. I don't even add additional spices for that kind of thing. So sometimes I make homemade spaghetti sauce. Other times I use Rayo's or I love Trader Joe's brand as well. It just depends on our timing. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's super delicious as well. And everybody loves it. So as I am making my grocery list, I'm thinking about am I going to go pick up those groceries? Like, is it stuff that I want to pick out? Like if it's like I have a lot of fresh produce that I want to select myself, I may, you know, slate a time to go into the store in order to pick those things myself. But if it's a lot of non-perishable foods and it's a lot of cans or it's spinach that I don't care about um, or tortillas, like what was on our list we just talked about, absolutely, I start placing an online order. Depends on what's most convenient for you. Walmart has the best prices, but it's a little bit further for me, but sometimes I'll place a Walmart grocery pickup order and then I'm pulling up into that slot, opening my (laughs) trunk, they put it in for me, bada bing, bada boom, done. Most often I'm ordering at Target, but most major grocery stores have that available. And if you, you know, like doing the order ordering like straight to your door, you can always do that as well, obviously. So depending upon what you're ordering, either make a plan to go in or make an online grocery order as you go. And for things that you constantly repeat, pick a store and stick with it because they save your grocery list and then it's easy to reorder the same pantry staples that you often are rebuying. You know what I mean? So I think that's a great way to do it. Another thing I like to do going along with this grocery ordering thing is once a month, I go through my pantry staples to make sure that I have flour, sugar, brown sugar, powdered sugar, butter, uh, oils, you know, things like that, that I know that I constantly want to have on hand that keep for a long time, but I want to make sure that I never run out. But I also want to make sure that I'm not overstocking it because I don't have the room to store it, right? And so double check those things once a month and then make sure to add that to your list on a regular basis so that you're never completely out of any one of those things and caught in the middle of making cookies and being like, well, shoot, I don't have any baking powder. And then there you go, right? And before I'm completely finished with shopping my pantry, completing my online grocery order, if that's how I'm choosing to do it, I'm also thinking about repurposing or using up ingredients. Sometimes I love leftovers. Like I love chicken tetrazzini, for example. I don't know why I keep talking about this. And I love it the next day for lunch. I think it's delicious. I think it tastes great. It reheats well. Perfect. I don't need to make something different with it, right? But there's some things where it's like, if I cook a roast on a Sunday night, it's delicious that day, the gravy's great, the potatoes are great, it's all great, right? But then the next day, you know, I'm kind of roasted out and I'm like, eh, I don't really like like reheated gravy quite as much, right? So then you're thinking, okay, I have this this pot roast left, what can I do with it? And then thinking creatively about other meals you can make from the leftovers of that item. So I like to shred my roast, but just be careful if you have a dog like Cosmo because he will jump up on the pantry and eat all of your leftovers or even eat the whole roast before you even get any. Yep, we had that happen and it was not a good day in the dog house. But I like to shred the meat 
And I just put it in a little baggie or in a Tupperware, put it in the fridge. And then the next night, I make shredded beef taquitos with it or shredded beef tacos with it. Sometimes I add taco seasoning to it. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just like the taste of the meat and the tortilla and a little bit of salt. If you have guacamole, even better. But think about how you're able to repurpose some of these items the next day. So obviously like pasta dishes, casseroles, those are kind of standalone things. But if you make, let's say, like homemade mac and cheese one night, and that's like the superstar menu item, you might think, okay, I'm going to have some leftovers, but not enough for a whole meal the next day. Well, think about, well, you know, what goes great with mac and cheese, in my opinion, is barbecue ribs. And this is what I'm making tonight, guys. So, so good. So the macaroni and cheese is going to become, you know, the little sister side item next to the main dish, which I'm going to make barbecue pork ribs. I make barbecue pork ribs in my Instant Pot and it is so easy, so delicious. I finish them under the broiler so they still get kind of that char on them and that sear. Delicious, so, so easy. And then I have mac and cheese to go on the side with it because it's not enough for a full meal, but I, it's not going to go to waste either. You know what I mean? So I, if I had you know a rack of ribs that were on sale, I put them in the freezer, that's another thing that I'm able to add to the left side of my meal list. So then I'm writing ribs and mac and cheese, but I'm not adding any new ingredients on the right side of my list because I'm using up the mac and cheese as a side that second day, or I'm using up the roast, and you could also add you know, beef taquitos, but you're not adding any new ingredients because you already cooked the roast that was already there and pulled out. You know what I mean? So I love repurposing um, meals like that. Let's see, what else? Let's say you made chicken for tacos and you had those tacos the first night. They were fantastic. But then you're like, okay, what else can I do with this? I'm kind of tacoed out or I don't want to eat more tortillas the next day or whatever. You could throw it on a salad. And I love salad kits from the store. And a great way to make it go a little further is to add a little extra lettuce or a little extra spinach and then add a protein. Add some of that chicken. So warm up the pollo asada and then throw it on one of those Southwestern salad kits. Bada bing, bada boom. And if you don't have the salad kit, you add that to your online shopping order. Done. But you're repurposing that chicken and you're not getting burned out on any one meal. It feels fresh and new the very next day. Another thing that I really like to do is I like to make a list of the meals or kind of denote in when I'm listing out my meals, like what kind of meal it is for what kind of night. Like I said, we're gone at night a lot for practices. And so there are times where I know that if I don't pre-make the meal earlier in the day and plan out, okay, this is when we're going to eat it. We're going to eat it before practice or after practice. If it needs to be in the oven at a certain time, but I know I'm going to be gone you know, it can really mess you up and then you end up in the Chick-fil-A drive through right? And so I like to make a little note as to, okay, this is a meal for when we're at home during dinner time. This is a make-ahead meal. This is a whatever kind of meal. And so if I know I have time to put into preparing it closer to the time or, you know, I can put it in the oven before we leave for practice and then I can take it out when we get home, if it's a long bake, whatever it is, or if it's in the Instant Pot and it can stay warm, 
I like making those types of notes. And then as I'm scheduling out my meals, it's like, okay, Monday and Wednesdays are nuts. We are gone all the way through the dinner hour. And so we need to make sure that the meal's all the way completed before we leave so that we can eat it when we get home. So what kind of meal is that? That's like a pasta bake. That's like the ribs in the Instant Pot and then reheating you know, the mac and cheese from the day before. Um, chili is a great one because chili can reheat. Another way to repurpose chili, we love it, all, all kinds of chili. You can do um, Cincinnati chili, which is like chili over noodles. I'm not the biggest fan of that conglomeration, but Pete likes it, so that works. Chili with Fritos, chili with regular tortilla chips, chili and cornbread. And I am a personal fan of the chili dog. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've heard from moms that some moms feel quite guilty about serving their kids, you know, hot dogs for dinner. But if you elevate it with a chili dog, then you can really feel like a chef. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's another way to spread your chili out over several days. <laughs> So you've made your list of meals that you already have ingredients for or most of the ingredients for on a piece of paper. On the other side of the paper, you've made your grocery list. You can then choose to go into the grocery store to shop or you can place your online order and do pickup or delivery, whatever works best for your schedule. By the point that you are done scheduling those meals, eating through those meals throughout the week, think of how great you're gonna feel. You've saved a lot of money. Your pantry, your fridge, your freezer are getting cleaned out. I don't clean my fridge like the, the um, what's it called? Shelves, thank you, the shelves. You didn't tell me, I thought of it, woohoo. I don't clean my shelves in my fridge near as much as I should, but it's usually because my fridge gets overloaded with new food. And when I'm not doing this, it starts to like get gross, you know, and I forget about food or the shelves get dirty and it's hard to clean. And I don't want to pull out everything and then put everything back in after I've cleaned it. And so if you're able to pare down and have less stuff cluttering up your pantry, your fridge, and your freezer, you're more able also to then do a little you know, wipe down of the shelves and of the drawers and all of those things. And you're able to see, oh, those bell peppers are looking on their last day. How can I use those bell peppers? That'll be perfect with fajitas because we're doing chicken tacos and I can put fajita vegetables on top. Perfect. Because they're on their last day. But if you can't see the food you already have, you're not going to use it. Right? And so nothing feels better than that. So as you are Having less stuff in your fridge, take that opportunity to clean, clean it out, keep it tidy. If you like bins, great. If you don't, fine. You find a system that works for you. I'm not super consistent with those types of systems, but if that feels better to you, by all means, go at it. But I really hope just planning ahead and shopping your pantry first saves you money, saves you time, and helps you to get more creative with what you have. Also, if you're like, huh, I wanna try something new, you can always see what you have and type in a few ingredients into Google and Google what you should make with you know, a couple ingredients and try something new that is a little variation using those same staple ingredients. I think that is so fun and fabulous, right? So I hope that is helpful. Also, if I choose to go into the grocery store and I notice what's on sale, 
again, kind of going back to what I talked about in the beginning, I'll stock up on meat that's on sale and especially chicken breasts that I can do so many different things with. And then once I get home, I dedicate some time to either cleaning the carcass off the rotisserie chicken <laughs> or chopping up chicken into bite-sized pieces or filleting the, the breasts or whatever I need to do or marinating the chicken. But the more prep work you can do ahead of time makes it more possible to ensure that the meal on the other side of things happens, right? So I'd love to hear your go-to meals, your go-to tricks. Um, when I post this episode on my Instagram at jessicadalquist3, I would love to hear from you what you're making to feed your family, what tricks and systems you have to get food on the table at home, and what's so special about meals with your family. One more thing that's not food related, but dinner related. One thing that I highly recommend to encourage conversations at the dinner table is a little packet of cards called table topics. And it's just for us, the way that we bought it was it's in a little glass canister and there's, I don't know how many cards, a thousand cards, 500 cards. I don't really know a ton of cards that each have a table topic, a conversation starter, a question on there that then everyone at the table can answer. So it's, you know, if you had a million dollars, how would you spend it? Or, you know, what's the most meaningful gift you've ever received? Or what's the nicest thing a stranger has ever done for you? For me, it was just the other night. I took my kids to Denny's. You may have seen this on Instagram. And another couple paid for our meal unexpectedly. And I thought that was so kind. And it was just such a wonderful experience for me and for our kids. And anyway, so table topics, you can buy it online and I'll link to it in the podcast notes as well. But it's been such a fun way and it's, you know, really quite a ritual in our home now when we sit down as a family. You know, one of the kids pulls out the table topics, draws a card, and, you know, sometimes we have, you know, stuff to talk about, you know, about our day. But it's also fun to be able to ask these thought-provoking questions that lead to other conversations, and it's super fun. So big mealtime special. Find a way to help yourself to not stress as much about mealtime. Save money, save time, save your sanity. Obviously, there's ways to incorporate your kids with meal planning, all kinds. But in this season of life, less input is better and more practicality of shopping in my pantry and in my freezer especially is really where it's at. And I am loving seeing the food levels go down in my house, the waste go down. Use, there's nothing like using up an ingredient that's about to go bad or that's on its last leg. And I think, ah, oh, I can use the rest of that pesto in this dish or I can use the rest of that spinach or whatever it is. And using up those final ingredients without having to throw them away because they went bad or because I don't know what to do with it. Ah, that's how you feel like an extraordinary mom. So I will link everything I talked about at extraordinarymomspodcast.com. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at jessicadalquist 3 I'm so grateful you were here today. Next week, we will be back with another Extraordinary Mom. So until then, have a great week, and we'll see you next week with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.